Hey there, I'm so pumped to tell you about an amazing new community I've launched called Grief to Growth Circle Community. It's a space for people who are grieving to come together to support each other and for people who want to know who we are, why we're here, where we're going to have those conversations, all the things we talk about on the podcast. So I invite you to join me at grieftogrowth.com slash community to become part of this compassionate crew. The best part is 100% free. And you have access to me in addition to everybody else in the community. In fact, the podcast will be there so you can talk about the things we talk about in the podcast right there in the community. There's also some premium content if you want to go deeper in the work I'm doing, but mostly it's about building relationships and community and about sharing resources and supporting each other. So come on over and check it out. It's grieftogrowth.com slash community. I'll see you inside. Hi there. Welcome to Grief to Growth Podcast. Your host is Brian Smith, spiritual seeker, best-selling author, grief survivor, and life coach. Brian believes that the worst tragedies of life provide the greatest opportunity for growth. Brian says he was planted, not buried, and he is here to help you grow where you've been planted by the difficulties in life. In each episode, Brian and his guests will share what has helped them to survive and thrive. It is his sincere hope this episode helps you today. Hey, everybody, this is Brian back with another episode of Grief to Growth. And I've got with me today my friend Suzanne Giesman. Uh, I was just telling Suzanne earlier, I kind of feel like she needs no introduction because I feel like everybody in the world knows who she is. But I guess not everybody does. So I'm going to introduce her anyway. Uh, Suzanne Giesman is a messenger of hope. She's a mystic, a metaphysical teacher, and a medium who shares the awakened way, which is a path of knowing who you are and why you're here. Whether it's in her books, her classes, and workshops, her weekly radio show, or her one on one sessions, she provides stunning evidence of life after death. Suzanne is a former U.S. Naval commander who served as commanding officer as an as aide to the Air chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Her gift of communication with those on the other side has been recognized as highly credible by noted afterlife researchers, and she brings messages of hope, healing, and love that go straight to the heart. And I also want to say, Suzanne, I consider to be a good friend. I was just thinking this morning, I guess I've known you for almost four years um, Met you in a workshop down in Pensacola, Florida, like, you know, four years ago. So I want to welcome Suzanne Giesman to Grief to Growth. Thanks, Brian. I've really enjoyed watching you change a bit over the years. You were, you're still intense, but you were so intense and serious when you came to my workshop. And, and uh, I didn't know if you were into all of this or not. And now I know that we all are. Yeah, well, that was, um, I think it was February of 2017, so it had been probably a year and a half after Shana had passed, and I was still, at the time, very, very deep in my grief. I've, I kind of knew who you were at the time. Uh, my wife had been following you, and she said, if Suzanne, if Suzanne ever comes close to us, I want to go see her, and Florida is nowhere close to where we are, but we decided to come, and <laughs> it was great. It, it, was, it was really great to meet you, and I said that we felt developed a friendship since then. Yeah. So for people who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into doing this. Well, even just saying that who I am, I've changed so much since oh, 12 years ago or longer, 14 years ago, that yeah. when I have to, when I'm asked to tell my story, it's from a whole different point of view now. I recognize that what I'm about to share with you is strictly a story. It's really not who I am. It's not who any of us are at the deepest level, but mm -hmm. we all learn from our stories. So my story is that for most of my life, I was that Navy officer that you just described. And I had no idea there was a greater reality or that there was another aspect to us beyond this human life. 
And so I lived very much stuck in the story and took my role as a Navy commander very seriously. And it that served me well because I did get to rise to the hop, top of the whole military uh, lifestyle there, flying with the chairman on Air Force One and Air Force Two and meeting kings and queens. It was just an amazing lifestyle. I got to serve as a commanding officer. That's every every Navy officer's dream. Uh, but there was still this emptiness inside, this something's missing type of feeling that I know most of us can identify with. And I don't have children of my own, but my husband, Ty, has two daughters. And one of them, Susan, followed in dad's footsteps, but she joined the Marine Corps, even though I said that's like the, the, not the best one for women. You know, that's the hardest route. So she yeah. took that one. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was with the chairman on 9-11 we were the la- in the last aircraft in U.S. airspace, and that was a real wake-up call for me to start asking why are some people in the wrong place at the wrong time and all those other deep-life questions because I knew some of the people that were killed at the Pentagon that I had just left hours earlier. That was my office building. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't satisfied with the answers I got, so just put that aside, the seeking. didn't last for long. And... All I knew was I wanted to run away from life after 9-11. So I did. I retired from the Navy as soon as I was retirement eligible and went with my husband sailing for several years. We sold the house and cars and life was idyllic. I literally ran away from Washington, Mm D.C., which maybe isn't a bad thing to do. (laughs) And, uh, And that's when I really had the big wake up call. It was like life said, look, you have a path. You came here to do it. This all was background. And so we were, we had sailed across the Atlantic ocean, living a dream and we're off the coast of Croatia. When we got the news, we needed to call home. Something important had happened. And that phone call dropped us to our knees. It was that Susan was crossing the flight line at Marine Corps air base where she was stationed and a bolt of lightning out of the blue struck her down and they worked on her for seven hours and they couldn't save her. So to find out that Susan was gone in a phone call was, was shattering. We returned to the United States and I grabbed a couple of books on the afterlife to take back to Croatia after the funeral, but it was the funeral itself that really changed my life because in that moment of looking at Susan's body, I knew there was something else besides the body that makes up who we really are. It was this epiphany, having not really seen, no, having not seen anybody. I don't, I may have seen a grandparent or something, but nothing had the effect on me of knowing that that wasn't Susan. That was yeah. just the vehicle. And so I decided to start meditating. I thought people have done this. I've heard about this meditation thing. I'm going to see if I can connect with her in whatever form she is. She has to still exist. Hmm. And I'm going to take my husband to see a medium. (laughs) (laughs) And so people need to understand I had heard about mediums. To to think that I would one day be a medium was not even on my radar. Yeah. And, uh Never saw spirits, never talked to guides. There are no thing. I, I used to think there's no such thing as spirit guides. Can you hear them laughing at me now? <laughs> and uh, the medium, well, I made sure she didn't know her last name. I was not going to be gullible. I was not going to be hoodwinked by somebody that was a fraud. But uh, this medium 
nailed it. She brought in a young girl who passed suddenly in her 20s, who was, uh, she had an electric tingly feeling running up and down her arms like, like, like the lightning strike. She said, I have the headache of Zeus and Athena all of a sudden. And Zeus is the god seen with a lightning bolt. Mm. All of that had me sobbing. But what was truly life-changing, Brian, was when that medium said, wait, wait, this young girl who's looking at your husband and saying, daddy, daddy, and she's dancing around in front of you saying, mother, is bringing with her a little baby, a boy she wants to introduce to you, but he's standing back shyly as if he doesn't know you and he's sucking his thumb. Mm. Well, what we hadn't told the, well, we hadn't told the medium anything, but what very few people knew was that Susan was six months pregnant with a boy when she was killed. So we lost both of them that day, but that medium showed us that you don't lose them in the total sense physically. Yes. Mm -hmm. But that, that turned my my worldview upside down. I couldn't deny there's a greater reality. And so I was all in. I'm going to learn about mediumship. I'm going to find out why it works, how it works. And I'm going to write a book about mediums that people will actually read, not, not, not some textbook, but uh, maybe a biography. And I ended up writing a biography of two mediums. And by attending their classes, found out I can do it too. And I'll just yeah. cut to the quick. I don't do anything halfway. And once I found out I had a connection to the spirit world, my whole life has become about making that connection as clear as possible. Because if I can offer the kind of healing that that medium gave to our family in one hour to anybody else, there would be nothing more sacred to me. And now I get to do it every day. Yeah, one thing I've, I've well, there's a lot of things I find fascinating about you, but you know, it's interesting that you're you're not what we call a natural born medium. You didn't see spirit from the time you were a child, uh, but I, I know you. I've known you for several years now. And I, I know how you work on things and how you work to develop this. So that gives hopes to people like myself and other people that feel like we don't have this as a natural ability. Uh, so how did you choose to to meditate to to connect with Susan? Where how did where did that come from? Well, it must have come from the soul. Because I just knew that I had to quiet my mind so I could hear her or sense her. Obviously, mm-hmm. my eyes weren't working to see her. I, I started trying saying, Susan, let me see you. And that never worked. I still to this day have not seen a spirit. But I thought, okay, I'm not going to hear her with my own, with my physical ears. She's not in physical form anymore. So something in me said, shut out the outer world and maybe I'll find her. And so I just sat and I fell asleep. Every day for three weeks when I would sit to meditate, it's like the body was saying, woohoo, we finally get nap time. Yeah. <laughs> this one doesn't take naps, you know, and, and then I just started to know things. It was actually three years, three years till I connected with Susan. Hmm. But I connected with other people's loved ones first. That's really important for grieving people to understand that it takes commitment and just the knowing that they're here, the trust that they're here. But the thing is, Brian, so many other wondrous things happened in those three years, including Mm -hmm. a total transformation of how I see the world and how I saw myself, that it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's another really important point because I think a lot of us, we want to see our kids or hear them and we feel like we're not connecting if it's not something physical, you know, it, through our, our auditory senses, our visual. And it's really not, it doesn't work that way, I think, for most people. 
well, could it also be that Susan was hanging back so I would have all those transformative experiences and get to know the greater reality better and get to know what love is and self-love is and build up my own consciousness. And then it was like, okay, now I'll come in. And there she is. Yeah. So, um, you go through this and you go through this transformation and, and you start, what, what started you actually doing mediumship as a, as a profession or to start reading for people? Well, it was just exactly what I said when I discovered I could connect. And it, if you go to YouTube and, and search for Suzanne Giesman messages of hope documentary, you'll see in there, we recreated the moment in Janet mm-hmm. Havoc's class where I was there to mm-hmm. write her story, but she pulled me to the front of the room and said, there's a spirit here. You can do this. What do you sense? I not only got how the guy died, that it was somebody's father, that how old he was and what he looked like, but I, he gave me his nickname. When that happened, I said, oh, my God, I can do this, too. And like I said before, if I can do this for others, I am all in. And I was. I just started taking classes and working more on myself and when you take classes, you do practice readings with other people. And I said, wow, this is working. So let's just make every reading a real one and a practice one. To this day, it's a practice of doing mediumship. And we just get better and better and better by doing it. And that's what makes it so joyful even for the medium. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I've seen over the years as, as I've, I've watched you develop and I've seen you, you, you get excited when you find new techniques and new things that work and you're always, you're always pushing yourself. You're always trying to get better at, at stuff. And um, you call yourself an evidential medium and a few mediums do, but not all mediums do. So what's, what's an evidential medium? An evidential medium is one who's not satisfied or content until and unless those across the veil give us verifiable facts about them that we couldn't possibly know. That's the evidence. So we don't settle just for messages. Oh, there's a beautiful light here. Your loved one is here. They love you very much. Those are the messages that balance out the evidence in a reading. We need to get both evidence and messages. It doesn't always have to be 50-50, but there needs to be enough evidence that shows us, that shows the continuity of consciousness through validation that life is continuous. Yeah. And that's something I've learned from you. And and I've worked with a lot of mediums over the years with helping parents heal. And something I've I've learned from from you, especially is that there there does have to be this balance. I've I've worked with mediums who just give you a list of evidence and and it's just, those readings are very dry. Frankly, they're not very healing. And then there are some mediums who just will say your grandmother's here and your grandmother loves you very much. And, you know, those would have to wonder, did they really cut with my grandmother or not? So, and I've noticed with yourself, you always establish the evidence, you know, first. And every time I've seen you give a reading or, or do anything, it's always, you, you're about the evidence, which helps us to really to believe and understand that you're really making that connection. I'm glad you noticed that. That's certainly the goal. But, you know, Brian, I've even narrowed it down more lately. Mm-hmm. And I teach, I teach I love to show people how this works, that that you can do it too, because it is a natural ability. We are all souls, and this is soul-to-soul communication. But what I ask every medium to go for is to capture the essence of that loved one across the veil. Who are they as a person and a soul? So you must feel into that personality. If I don't feel their personality, I call the reading off because it is possible to pick up information about someone as a mentalist 
from the sitter's energy field. And so it's very possible to get that list of evidence and be blown away, wowed. But if you don't capture the essence, how do we know you really had that person there? This is a two-way conversation. They make me laugh, those across the veil, the way they bring things through. I have to tell you, I did one the other day. I started off and I knew the couple had a child who had passed and I tuned in and I was getting a few things, but I said, this feels like a son. And they said, no, it's a daughter. And I thought, whoa. This, uh, you know, you start off and it's it's like a snowball sometimes. The, the energy picks up. And mm-hmm. I feel like, whoa, that's a big one to get wrong, to not be able to feel male or female. Then we got her. I dug in and I could feel her personality. And now we're flowing. And then all of a sudden she shouted her name at me. And I wow. usually don't get names, but it was an unusual name. It was like, whoa, I said, she just gave me the name such and such. And mom very nonchalantly goes, yeah, that's her name. And I went, ah, you have no idea what a miracle it is for me to get the name. And then I started laughing. I said, your daughter said, <laughs> your daughter just said, just like that. Well, that was to make up for thinking I was a guy. <laughs> and, and the mother laughed and she said, that sounds just like her. And I said, that's because it is her. And mm-hmm. that's when you get the essence. And so the test of any good reading is does your client or sitter leave and say, oh my God, that was my loved one. Cause you, you, you capture their essence. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that's something that, that you do so well when you, when you do readings. So I, 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 a lot of people, my listeners are parents who've lost children because of my association with helping parents heal and because of my own story. And as you know, the name of my show is grief to growth. So how do you think mediumship can help in terms of transforming people's grief? Oh, transformative is the word. I had a father that wrote to me and begged me to do a reading and my waiting list has been closed while I try to catch up with the long list, but Mm -hmm. the heart said, do this one. And I did it. He said, my wife is, she's not eating or sleeping well. Well, her son, it was his stepson came through so beautifully with a few moments. She was pretty serious throughout grief, of course, does that. But at one point, she laughed, too. One of the things he showed us that was so significant, it was, I have to tell you, she told me I could share it. A domino. Showed me a little domino. I said, now, I don't think he showed me he played the board game. And she goes, let me tell you, let me tell you. He, he was a manager at Domino's. His dad owned a, whole, a Domino's franchise. And one of the things he left was this little domino truck. And no wonder we were clapping. That's a wow, you know. And there were many other wows in that reading. But... Afterwards, I wrote to her husband, who had originally reached out to me, and I said, tell me how she's doing. And he said, she cried every day for two years, and she has not cried a single day since her reading. Hmm. So how's that for wrapping up what a one-hour session with an evidential medium can do by the grace of spirit when the energy is perfect and you have the best energy with that spirit with the medium and with the loved one here and everything clicks you can show that parent or any loved one they are still part of your lives and so we can't turn back the clock and get them back physically but it's so much different than dead and gone yeah forever and that's simply not the case 
Yeah. Now I know I, I I've seen some people get um I hate to use the word, but get addicted to medium readings. It's like mm-hmm. they want to come back over and over again. So what do you say to someone that's saying, I want to connect with my like my loved one again? I want to go get another reading. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm testing out a new feature. I'd love to get your feedback on it. It's called fan mail, and you can send me a message right from the show notes of the podcast. So look for the link that says send me a text. You can ask a question for a future podcast. You can suggest a guest or just give me any feedback you want. Just remember, it is one way I can't text you back, and I will not have your name, your email address, or your phone number unless you include it in the message. Let me know what you think. Wow, that's a good question. Just realize that we are here to live our lives. They are living their lives in a different chapter. And just like we would call our loved ones regularly, uh, they're overseas now. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's a long distance call and it costs a little bit of money. And trusting that they're here is one huge goal. Developing your own sense of their presence is huge. There's only so much they can tell you through a medium. So it's realizing we don't need the medium. We, the, the greatest thing we can do is develop that connection ourselves, And that's how I started on this path. My sole goal was to connect with Susan. And she doesn't come through that often, but when she does, it's a bonus. It's wonderful. But I just trust that she's around and live my life to the fullest in her honor. Yeah. And what would you say to someone they're new to this thing, this mediumship thing, and they're, they're saying, I'm, I'm nervous, I'm skeptical. Um, should I, you know, what would you say to that person? I would say, watch that word skeptical and say, I'm open-minded. Because I, I just heard a recording with David Hawkins the other day, and he said, people who are atheists create exactly what they expect. There is no God. That's, you get what you expect. And I said, this is exactly what happens in a reading. Hmm. If you expect that there's no connection, you, your wishes may very well be fulfilled because you are blocking that whole flow of energy. Remember how I said it's so important that the sitter is part of that connection. Mm-hmm. And I've had this happen so much so that if somebody says, I want you to do a reading for my neighbor who's grieving, I won't do the reading unless the neighbor shows me, I want this reading, I'm open to it. Because if they're skeptical and they only do it because their friend says, I should have this reading with this person who was a medium who's probably a fraud, guess what? They're going to get nothing. And they've just proven themselves right in their own mind. But Mm -hmm. we know better. So being open-minded, open-hearted is hugely important because it's a flow of energy and it's part of our life's path to open up to the greater reality. If we're already shut to it beforehand, you're not going to experience it. And and it's interesting because I hear you saying, you said be careful with the word skeptical because I I tell people to be skeptical really means to still be open-minded. It just yes. means to be to be cautious. And to, so when you went to see the medium, you said you weren't, you weren't going to be gullible, you weren't going to feed or anything, but you were open to the experience. I was, and I was skeptical. So that word is valid, but just mm-hmm. I'm saying be cautious of it. And we should be. Every time I say should, my guides grab me, watch the shoulds, okay? It is 
beneficial to be skeptical mm-hmm. uh, because not everybody does make a good connection. But that open-mindedness and open-heartedness is hugely important for the energy field that you all create together. Well, I have to say, I've been I've been in this field for about four years now, working with with people like mediums, etc. Et and I find a lot of people in this field are still skeptical. You know, I uh, Sandra Champlain, one of the first people I start listening to her podcast, she still calls herself a skeptic. And I know a lot of mediums are skeptical, not about mediumship itself. But about individuals, we don't we don't know if that person is on the up and up or or a good you know good medium or not. So, I think you're right. It is beneficial to be skeptical, but we need to be open minded when the evidence does present itself. And you know what I was shown the other day because I'm still skeptical about some other medium. I was mm-hmm. shown I'm projecting. So somebody must have told us something about mediums or how other people are. And we're certainly not that way. So we projected on other people. We don't want to be thought of that way. So we projected on other people. So it's really interesting. The lessons we learn from our own defenses, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. So um, when, when uh, I, again, I, I, my experience is mostly with parents and when a parent loses a, a, a child, I think it's a, I hate to say a special kind of grief because every grief event is, is unique and different, but we can get into a really, really deep grief and I've heard some mediums say, well, that grief can prevent you from making your own connection, which to hear that as a parent, it, it just hurts because like, how do I get out of this? How do I make that connection? So what would you say to that person? You don't push it down. You allow it to be present and you honor it. In honoring that grief, you're honoring the love for your loved one. You realize it's a process. Your book, your program is grief to growth. You go through that grief for the growth that ensues, and you know that as you go through it, instead of suppressing it, your connection with your loved one will eventually awaken as your vibration rises. Mm -hmm. I want to just give you an example of uh, two days ago, I sat to do a reading, and the same exact thing happened two days in a row. I said, this feels like a son. And they said, no, it's a daughter. And I went, oh, not again. This is not good. And then I said, okay, we're going to get the personality. And I felt nothing, no personality. And that's why I go for the personality. Because I could have then sat there and read their minds about their daughter. But that's not, there's no integrity in that. And I said, what's going on here? And I knew exactly what was going on. My husband and I had just been working on our Japanese garden. We just calculated an hour ago. We moved literally one ton of stone that morning, the two of us. Oh, wow. I was exhausted. Mm. Mentally, I felt good. But physically, I was so tired. But I had scheduled this reading. And by God, I was going to do it. And clearly, my energy was off. So I knew if I don't feel that personality and I got the gender wrong two days in a row, this time it's me. It's definitely me. And so I asked them to reschedule for this morning. Mm. Right after that reading, I fell asleep immediately and I don't do naps. So I knew it was me. This morning I got up, I cleared my chakras. I was like, we're going to do this. Right away I can feel my guide. She's present. I didn't feel her the other day. And boom, that young girl stepped in, the personality it was a five bar reading. So hmm. what am I saying? Grief, tiredness, illness, all of these 
affect our ability to tune in. So yes, grief will get in the way of your connection, but what do we do? We give it time. We rest the body. We, we work through it because if you push it down and deny it, it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that's why I tell people that I work with when it comes to grief, you've got to, you've got to feel it and you've just got to let it come through you. And, and I was working with someone just yesterday and, and lots of people apologize to me for crying when we're working. And I'm like, don't ever apologize for crying. Those tears are healing. Those tears are, those tears are cathartic. They, they help. You got to push that stuff through you. And I heard you say earlier that, you know, with yourself, even it took you several years to connect with Susan. So I also encourage people, you know, to be patient um, with yourself and with your loved one. Yeah. But a very important point is not to despair. I mean, I, I got, we got fabulous signs from Susan in those three years. I'm talking about feeling her step in, hearing her voice and having a conversation with her. That took three years. But Mm. in the meantime, watch the documentary. We got the butterflies. We got the TVs turning on. We got the signs. She was around, but the, the other thing is, Brian, as you well know, grief comes in waves. So it's yes. not like, when am I finally past it? There will be moments of joy even when you're going through the grief process. There will be moments of beautiful lucidity when perhaps your loved one will get through far sooner than with me. We're all unique, each one of us. Yeah, it, it is. It's a different journey for everyone. As you said, some people, they might make that connection right away. But when there there are people that do despair, and I've seen this when it's, when it's taken longer than they think it should take, especially in those early stages of grief, when they're just, just so heavy. And so, um, so maybe even closed off to having that connection. Um, but it's also interesting. I talk, I'll talk to people say, well, I haven't had any signs and I'll ask them, well, have you had any dream? Oh, yeah, I've had dreams <laughs> or, you know, or, or yeah. I've had, you know, the, the TV keeps turning on and off, but I haven't had any signs. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We have to educate people about signs for sure. Yeah. It was something I wanted to tell you, but I just I lost it. So keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you were talking about your guide, and you mentioned you said she. I didn't know that you you had an individual guide because I know about Sanaya. I know about yeah. this this group that you that you channel. We'll we'll talk about Sanaya, but tell me about your guide. How long? Have you... Oh, you know her. <laughs> I had Boris, my main mediumship guide, for the first yeah. decade of doing this work, but now it's Brenda. Oh, wow. Yeah, we have a friend. You knew Brenda. You met her, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and so Brenda is a real pistol when she was here in physical form. And she had told everybody she was studying mediumship. And Suzanne and I are going to be teaching mediumship in a school someday. And I thought, really, Brenda? I don't know about that. And uh, she actually helped me teach a class with the Shift Network earlier this year. It was stunning. I had a chair set out for her with her boa on the chair and she would pull me over here and I would channel her. It was, it was amazing and hilarious actually how she would take over the class with evidence. And that then within the last, in this last year, she has shown me that she is my mediumship guide now. We'll get back to grief to growth in just a few seconds. Did you know that Brian is an author and a life coach? If you're grieving or know someone who is grieving, his book, Grief to Growth, is a best-selling, easy-to-read book that might help you or someone you know. People work with Brian as a life coach to break through barriers and live their best lives. You can find out more about Brian and what he offers at www.grieftogrowth.com, www.grief, the number two, growth.com 
or text GROWTH, G-R-O-W-T-H, to 31996. If you'd like to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash grief to growth, www.patreon.com slash G-R-I-E-F, the number two, G-R-O-W-T-H, to make a financial contribution. And now, back to Grief to Growth. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there. I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. I've been studying NDEs for several years now. I am completely convinced that not only are they 100% real, but that there's some very universal wisdom that we can get from the near-death experience. And I've distilled that down in this book into four short lessons. And I've also given you all the reasons why I believe the NDEs are absolutely real. So go to www.grieftogrowth.com slash NDE lessons to pick it up for free www.grief2growth.com slash NDE lessons. I hope you enjoy it. In every reading, Boris has stepped back and it's stunning, Brian. Before every reading, we sit down, we play this game. I say, you hear Brenda? She goes, yeah. I say, what's going on with our friend Lynette? And boom, she shows me what Lynette is doing in the moment. Uh, yesterday, to, or no, in yesterday's reading, I said, no, it was whatever, three days ago. I sit down. I said, Brenda, are you here? She goes, yeah. And she shows me Lynette moving a zipper up and down. So I quickly get on there. I said, Brenda's ready to work. She says, or she shows me you using a zipper. And Lynette texted back, OMG, this very instant. I mean, it's just stunning that this little fun game filled with evidence that our guides are real, that somebody we love, Brenda, is here working now. And it's magical. That that is that's really wild because I met Brenda and Lynette in that workshop that I met where I met you. And they oh, were at yeah. the time like following you around the country, like your, you know, your own personal groupies. Yep. And Brenda, uh, I, I was gonna say was when she was here, was a force. And I know as soon as she crossed, she came to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, another one, you know, like, what's Lynette doing? Time to do a reading. You ready to work? Oh, yeah. She, uh, Lynette, Brenda shows me you have your hand in ice. You're breaking up ice. She goes, that little spy, because <laughs> this is what she's doing. It's, mm-hmm. it's stunning. It's fun. It's magical. And this is the kind of connection we can get with our loved ones. You notice this is without going through some big ritual quieting my mind. I just sit down. I know she's here. Just like I try to get all of you to understand your loved ones who pass. When you think about them, they're right here. So it's just, Hey, what do you have to tell me? And you can get to the point where you have that kind of relationship. Your daughter has dropped in on me like that many times. hasn't I know. Yeah, she has. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's interesting as you say that also, because I think sometimes you think of our guides as these, you know, these exalted beings that, you know, and, 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 um, you know, I, I'm reading this series of book called The Team. I read the, I read it a couple of times. I love this book, uh, the, these books. But they talk about how we we are we come here in teams, you know, mm-hmm. and we we play different roles in each other's lives. And so Brenda was here. Brenda played a role in your life in the physical, and now Brenda has crossed before you is playing a role as, as your guide right now. I, I didn't realize that she'd become your guide on the other side. That's really cool. And as you say that about her, some exalted being, she's cracking me up. She's putting on like this turban and she's acting like that, but hamming it up because she's, 
she's anything but what what allowed Brenda to step into that role so quickly is that she worked so hard on herself to clear out the blockages and the gunk. And she truly found self-love while in a human body. And that's our path to realize we're already that love that everybody's seeking out here. And once we awaken to that, like it's like icing on the cake. Yeah. And I want to, I want to talk about, I want to talk about Brenda some more. Cause I, I, I just, I love talking about Brenda, but you know, she, she had this illness that, that she was, you know, seeking healing from the physical illness. I know she saw the, saw a healer. And I thought it was interesting because, you know, the healer said, I guess um, that Brenda was healed, but not physically. And That's exactly right. She cleared out the last of the gunk. It was Deborah Martin. And you can find that interview on my radio show messages of hope through my website and the archives. And then, incredible story of how she sought healing of her cancer, but she died of the cancer, but she was healed emotionally, spiritually. And that's what she says. I went straight to the head of the class. Brenda did. Yeah. I think it's important for people to know because a lot of times uh, when we, when we lose a loved one, we're like, why did they have to go? Why wasn't my prayer answered? Why weren't they healed? You know? And, and I remember, um, this is kind of a segue, but I remember when you were channeling Sanaya at, it was either the HPH conference, it was another conference, and it was HPH because everybody in the room had lost children. Um, and everybody in the room had a child transition. And someone asked, why did this happen to us? And Sanaya's answer was basically, you see it as a tragedy from the human perspective, but from a higher perspective, it's a, it's a different thing. Uh, and I, I still remember that when you, when you or you or Sanaya said that, and it's something I, I take forward as I work with parents that, that have gone through this because we we have a very limited perspective that that talking to someone like you and taking your classes and going to your workshops can help us open up this this broader perspective of who we really are. Yeah, that's that's ultimately the greatest fringe benefit of trying to connect across the veil. We find out there were so much more than these finite beings, and it's it is transformational. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's kind of what it's all about. It's that, and, and I, I, when you talked earlier, I said, tell me about you. And you corrected me and said, it's about your story. And we, we identify so closely with our story, but we are these infinite beings. Yep. And you say that, and it reminds me that we got invited to the Marine Corps birthday dinner here where I live in my community. We're part of the, I live in a community called Moss Creek and they have Moss Creek Marines and Ty and I are honorary members because of Susan being a Marine and we're both retired Navy officers. Mm -hmm. So we're honored that they allow us, these Marines allow us to be part of their group. But Ty said, I'm wearing my uniform to that dinner. And I thought, oh, we are allowed to wear our uniforms to specific things like that. And I found mine. Now I've retired. It's really scary. 17 years ago now, but I found my uniform and it still fits, which is awesome. But mm -hmm. I put it on and then I found this bag of all my medals and all my ribbons and all my doodads that say I was, that's a terrible word, no disrespect to the uniform, but that says I was mm -hmm. a commanding officer and I served mm -hmm. on the joint staff. And Brian, I felt myself getting caught up in the story. Ooh, I even ordered a new set of ribbons because it didn't have the last one that I earned on my retirement day. You know, it was like my guides caught me up short and said, yo, what is happening to you? And the next day I canceled the order of the ribbons. Hmm. And I said, you know, we love our stories. But I see now I'm so proud of my time in the military. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to wear my uniform to that dinner because that's not who I am anymore. Yes, it was a wonderful role. But when you identify with the role, 
when it causes you to feel more important or special or all those mm-hmm. things, that's a trap. That's a real trap. And so, yeah. yeah, I honor the story because of that background. People pay attention when I talk about the greater reality. So many people say, oh, if she can believe, then it's safe for me to believe. And it is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't want to go back to allowing roles to sh- to show me who I think I am. Yeah, so a lot of times... Who are we? We're souls. We are the light. We are the expression of this life force who put on costumes. And I'm not talking about a uniform. I'm talking about this body. And Mm -hmm. I know this is so because I talk to those who no longer have a body every day. That's what mediumship shows us. So my greatest goal is to see all of us here in physical form without the body to see everybody as the light in the military. You walk down the hallway, you immediately have to look at what rank they are, especially if you're outside. So, you know, if you have to salute them or not, you look at the ribbons, you look at their insignia to identify them, to put them in little boxes and see how you relate. Mm -hmm. That's that, that is the antithesis of seeing everybody as the expression of love of light. You see the difference? Yeah. And it yeah. was stunning how quickly I was just going to fall right back in that role. Ooh, I get to dress up. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point because I think um, we do get caught up in roles and, and we can either cling to those roles sometimes, especially I, I know sometimes parents, when, again, when a child transitioned, am I still a mother? Am I still a father? And and we we grieve the loss of that role, and we're like, you know, who am I now? Because I'm, I that's all I, that I was. Or if someone gets divorced, I'm not a wife anymore. So that clinging to the roles can cause us a lot of suffering. Yeah. So you just you know we've come to this life to play roles, and we do we we do have to identify ourselves in some way because mm-hmm. that's how we relate to people. But the question I ask is, I show a slide often with this little character with a ball and chain around the ankle. Does that role help you or hinder you? I still will slip into the commander role when I need to be really organized and get things done, but I open my heart at the same time and try not to be rigid about things. So that role served me well and still does, but I don't want it to become my identity. Yeah, and it makes... It makes life a lot lighter, I think, when we can when we can start to carry that perspective on a daily basis. I, I am not this body. I'm not just, you know, Brian. I'm not just Suzanne. This is a role that I'm playing. I've played other roles before. I'll play other roles in the future. Um, I think it makes it we can more easily let go of the things that seem so burdensome, you know, in the in this world. Yeah. Yeah. And this is these are the deeper spiritual lessons that all come out of studying mediumship. So it's just a blessing all around. Well, we're going through, you know, incredibly difficult times, it seems like, for everybody right now. And I'm sure as a medium, you probably get asked, what's your opinion of what's going on and what's going to happen? And uh, so that leads to a question, you know, what's the difference between a psychic and a medium? And do you do psychic things or or do you talk to dead people? Both, because once you can talk to a spirit you tune into an energy field and we in human forms are that energy film field. We just happen to have a body. So if you can tune into a spirit without a body, you can also tune into a spirit with a body. Mm-hmm. And so 
you just merge your energy field and read it. But as far as the future, I don't see the future as laid out in stone. It's so variable depending on the choices people make. So Mm -hmm. the future is predictable to a certain point because you can get the higher perspective and see all the parts coming together based on choices that have already been made or about to be made. But Mm -hmm. too much farther than a few weeks out, it's challenging. There are some who can do that very well, but that's not too usual. So a psychic is reading the energy of someone here in a physical body. Mediumship is someone who's no longer in a body or guides and angels Mm -hmm. above that. Uh, As far as what's going on now, the guides continuously just say, it's all going to depend on the choices that you all make, but everything, everything, especially chaos and unrest is an opportunity to learn through trial and error, what works and what doesn't. And always when we tune into the heart, and align with the light, the force that flows through us, we come together in much more beautiful ways. Yeah, I think the, I, I think the chaos, so it's from my perspective, the chaos and numbers do bring us sometimes stark choices, and we, we realize we, we, we've got to make choices. It exposes things that maybe we, we could be doing better. Um, but I know this is a time where a lot of people are feeling um, nervous. They're feeling very scared oh, yeah. um, and wondering if everything's going to be okay. Ultimately, everything at the deepest level is okay because source can't be harmed and we are an expression of that. And we will all eventually leave these physical bodies and say, God, it was like waking up from a dream and I look at them and I'm still fine. So if only I had known then that all is well. So if we could just, it's like they say, die daily to the ego, to the story, right? If we could just join our loved ones in our awareness, sit beside them looking down on us, They tell us, our loved ones tell us repeatedly in my readings, it's fine. Everything is okay. So we we get caught up in the drama and forget there's another whole perspective we can take and find that peace that's already present. Yeah, and I I, I get your messages every day from Sanaya, uh, and I I appreciate those very much because I get, first thing I, I look at when I get on Facebook in the morning and it helps for people, it helps for me to try to keep that perspective that, that, Everything ultimately is okay. We, we, you know, the, the drama, we, I think for some, at some level, we like the drama. I guess we must because we come here and do it, right? Yeah. Uh, so what would you say, what is, what is the purpose? Why do we come here and do this? Source, spirit, God, consciousness, awareness is already whole and complete. But it's so full and to overflowing with potential it's basically people says it's to get to know itself better. No, it's complete. It knows itself intimately. So it decides to know itself as something other than itself. So it becomes limited and finite in billions of expressions for the experience of being something other than whole and complete. And through making choices, we get to experience completeness, fullness, joy, beauty, creativity and something other than that. And it's so painful at times we say, ah, yes, but I know what it feels like to be complete. So I'm just going to keep following that nudge back to completeness. So it's for the experience of all of it, the good, the bad, the not so good, the not so bad, the whole palette, because it is school. We are here to learn lessons, but it's more like art school, how to make something more beautiful out of, the beauty that you already are. 
Hmm. Wow. That, that was, I appreciate that. That's a great way of putting it. So sometimes though people, and I don't, how do you, I don't know how you feel about soul planning. So I will ask you, how do you feel about soul planning? Because when I talk to parents and they hear soul planning, they were like, I would never plan this. Why, yeah. why would I do this to myself? <laughs> I, I can understand that. Trust me. Oh, yeah, I know you have know. these moments where I say, let me off the planet, you know? And mm-hmm. then there are those other moments where you just know I am in this world, but not of it. Uh, I've asked my guides about soul planning, and there are absolutely roles we agreed to take on, milestones we agreed to, to achieve, exit points, sometimes multiple when we can leave because mm-hmm. we will have learned a certain amount. But within that, there's, there is some sway because we have that free will get too far off the path and you will get nudged back. Uh, Other than that, I don't want to get into that too deeply because it's still going to be a story. Anything Mm -hmm. that I tell you, I won't know ultimate truth till I get to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I was, I was, I was looking for your opinion. It's something that comes up a lot and um, it's interesting because some people say, yeah. And I know, I know people that are very well versed in in the afterlife and they're like, absolutely. It's planned. I know other people say, well, no, it's all about free will. My personal thing is I don't think we know. I think it's, it's somehow both. And, and our human minds can understand how it can be both at the same, at the same time. Well, it's like both human and soul at the same time. It's not either or. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I, I tell people, I was talking with someone yesterday and they were just like, I just can't accept this. And I said, then fine, yeah. <laughs> then don't. If it, if, it, if it doesn't help you, then, then don't. But what we can know is that we are ultimately going to be okay. And that, and that it's just, this, this is a, um, it's a temporary thing, right? How about we, oh, we are okay right now beneath the layers of gunk that just needs to be excavated. Yeah, we are okay now. It's in yeah. there. Let me that help you through this time. Now, I've I've alluded to Sanaya a couple of times, and people may not know, be familiar with Sanaya. So, tell us who or what Sanaya is. They're my guides who laughed at me when I said there's no such thing as spirit guides back when I was still in commander mode. And they've just proven themselves to me with evidence over and over and over again. And these daily messages that come through when I sit to meditate each morning. Thousands of people read them now, Brian, it, mm-hmm. and and it's what compels me to keep going because they touch people at a heart level and they keep us balanced and centered. But the the evidence comes in beautiful ways. Like they'll give me a morning message and they'll they'll start by talking about puppies and then make a metaphor about puppies and life. And then I find out later it's National Puppy Day. That kind of evidence. Mm-hmm. It's just magical and. Uh, it started well over a decade ago. There are thousands of them on my website. Mm-hmm. It's, we, you can find it easily by going to dailyway.org or on my Facebook page and sign up to get them by email. The one thing the guides have said over and over is that we get so caught up in our human roles and the drama. We're here for the experience, but it's really great to read something uplifting, something that helps us bring our soul awareness to front and center so these daily web messages and there are many other things we can be reading as well are just a way to do that, to not get so caught up in the drama that we think this human life is all there is. Yeah. I think um, 
I think it's this. It's all about balance, as you said earlier. We have to be. We have to be both. We have to be, and you use in, in the world, but not of it. So I know your background's not really um, in, in religious stuff, but my background is very religious. So I quote Jesus all the time, and being in the world but not of it keeps coming back to me over and over again. And, and when I'm when I'm talking to people, I'm like, okay, we have to be part of the human story. The human story does make a difference. You know, we do feel real pain and everything. But we are at the same time this this magnificent being that's that everything is all well, and we have to. We don't want to get so lofty that we can't function here, because um, I've heard people say that they've had spiritual transformative experiences where they lost their ego and they're like, "I couldn't do anything. It's like <laughs> I, I couldn't go to work. I couldn't do anything." Yeah. But on the other hand, we don't want to get really too bogged down either. So something like Sanaya, to me on a daily basis, you know, really helps me to say, "Okay, yeah, I'm I'm going to be okay." I need to go out and still do my thing during the day. I've got to go through all the stuff we have to go through as human beings. And I was talking with someone just earlier today. We were saying, you know, cause we're both, we're both followers of you. And we were saying how, you know, we, we we're looking forward to going home, but we're enjoying being here at the same time. That's wonderful. And, and that's, that's the whole goal to enjoy the experience during the good times. And during the times that aren't so good, just recognize it is an experience and this too shall pass. I wanted to say that Sanaya is the name the this group of guides gave me when they first came through in 2009 or 10. And I looked up the name and it, it means eminent distinguished and of the gods. It means one worth knowing, but it was years later, Brian, I found out it also means flash of lightning, hmm. which is how Susan was killed. And so it's a group of higher beings. They, they change. Sometimes it's a different voice speaking, like a literary voice, sometimes mm-hmm. philosophical, sometimes scientific, but uh, they know what they're doing far better than I do. Yeah. Well, I've, uh, as I said, I've known you for a while. And I remember uh, when I met you, you were starting to channel Sanaya publicly. You'd only done it a couple of times, I think, before that. And uh, I got to say, for me, it was a really interesting experience because you said, you know, I don't, I didn't know if you were into this stuff or not. And that was a little bit beyond my comfort zone, but uh, I've seen evidence since then that it's definitely absolutely for real. Oh yeah. I love when the, the guys come and they're like, I don't know, is she memorizing all those words? And then we take questions from the audience and the answers are immediate. They're fluent, they're clear, they're lengthy. And it's just no denying that's not coming from this one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Suzanne, you're, everybody wants to get a reading with you and I know you're, you're, I think you're not even taking waiting lists anymore at this time, we, but I know they're because we just got it down to under 800 for, from a thousand. So. Yeah. Well, you know, you the, you're, like I said, I, I, when I talk about you, I always assume everybody knows who you are. Cause I know that you're, you're definitely one of the best mediums in the world in terms of your, your messaging and the evidence and everything else that you do. But I know you give your, of yourself in a lot of other ways with your radio program and your, and your, um, what you're doing with this, the um, shift network. And so tell people other ways that they could reach you besides just getting a reading with you. Well, that's the thing, Brian, it's kind of the old give a man a fish or teach a man a fish. I can't, I can't deny the impact of a reading and I love doing them and I will continue to do them. But I can reach far more people and help them help themselves by teaching you how to connect yourself. So I do that in a variety of ways. First, I have my radio show just to give us hope. That's a weekly thing. And then I have monthly mentoring sessions, which 
people happily find very valuable because I keep doing them. And what that is, is the freshest teaching from the guides over the past month. They've never failed me. Two solid hours of what the guides want us to know about connecting, about mediumship, about our lives, about raising consciousness. So those are monthly mentoring. And then I have this uh, three courses with the Shift Network. Two are already done. I have a new one starting in December with a big uh, launching event for that, I believe, sometime in November. If you're on my email list, you'll find out about it, or Brian can tell you about it, uh, mm -hmm. his email list. And then what else? I have online classes. I have meditation CDs, lots of free gifts on my website, suzangiesman.com slash gifts, and probably 100 YouTube videos, and just so many tools to help you connect yourself. You never know if you can be a medium for other people till you try if you haven't been seeing spirits your whole life. I'm the, the living proof of that. So it's, it's fun to open ourselves to new experiences and most of all, the, the greatest gift I can give everybody besides showing that their loved ones are still here is showing how much love is inside you right now. This is just an awesome journey to be on with all of you. Yeah, it's, um, as I said, you know, getting to know, know you over the years and watching as how you've developed uh, your your integrity, your professionalism. Um, it's just, it's really, uh, it touches people, which is why everybody wants to, wants to get a reading with you. So uh, people always ask me, like, who's the best medium you know? I'm like, well, you can't get a reading with her. So let me give uh, you somebody, let me give you somebody else. But uh, there are other ways that people can, can learn from you and experience, you know, what you've experienced. And, and your story is just, uh, your story, not who you are, but your story is is really you know inspirational. I think and, and for people that are skeptical and say you know this stuff is all woo woo and you know uh, your naval commander background, I think gives you credibility. So, well, you know the the greatest thing for me is the joy of doing readings when when these wows come through, and I'll I'll say oh that's a wow, and I still do. I get so excited when something fun happens, and I remember this one guy who came with his wife, and they each got a reading separately, and he came in. And I said so how do you feel about mediumship? And he says, well, I'm kind of on the fence about it. And I said, all right. And all this stuff came through and, and including his brother who showed me a special knife that he still had from his brother. He showed me his brother was really angry. So it wasn't just, Oh, here's your brother who loves you. He was an angry man. And then in comes this guy's friend. I said, you're, you're, your friends show me you guys used to smoke these funny little cigarettes and he's saying, how you doing, bro? And he also tells me you actually have native American background and the guy's eyes are just wide like this. And when the reading was over, I said, so how do you feel about mediumship now? And he says, I got to tell you, I'm not on the fence anymore. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, spirit did that. They got another convert there to the fact that we are, not alone. So I just want to tell everybody, talk to your loved ones. Brian, the, the thing that I'm not satisfied unless I get it in every reading is current events. What has your loved one just done recently? Mm -hmm. What's going on in their life now to show they're here with you? Like your daughter tells me you just spilled a glass of water and you were wiping it up right before the reading. Or your, your husband tells me you have a tooth that's missing right here. Yeah, it just fell out. These kind of things, like mm -hmm. like Lynette is, is moving a zipper up and down. These are common events that the spirits see because they are part of our lives. They are right 
here. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad you said that because uh, my daughter, you, you and Shana seem to have a special relationship. So Shana will drop in on you and, and you came by our house, I guess it was about a year ago. And you were telling us things that we were we were doing that day or a couple of days before. And Shana will tell you things that are happening in our lives. Or, uh, you know, I remember one time you said something about Kayla was playing with the basketball. And I was like, well, Suzanne's got that wrong because Kayla won't touch a basketball. My daughter hates any kind of sports. And we called her and said, you know, were you playing with the basketball? I thought maybe your boyfriend, had, you know, they were playing with the basketball or something. And she'd been playing with one of the little girls she was watching. Uh-huh. And they were making balls out of Play-Doh and pretending that they were bouncing them like basketballs. So uh-huh. I, when, when you said that, I was like, there's no way that that's right. Um, so, And I could tell, I could go on and on with stories just between, between your, my, yourself and myself. But I say this to the audience to be open and to look for, look for signs. And, and, and there are just incredible things. And uh, I had a friend once she asked me, she's a, she's a, uh, I guess she would call herself an atheist. Maybe she called herself agnostic, but she didn't believe in mediumship at all, but she was open-minded. She said, tell me the best medium, you know, Brian, because I want to get a reading from the best medium that, you know, I don't, I don't believe this is going to work. I'm not going to tell her any information, but I'm going to, I'm going to check it out for myself. And I gave her the name of a friend of mine and she called me back later on. She said, she blew me away. She made, yeah. she converted me. She, and so yeah. mm-hmm. I, you know, I was like, I, I, I was so glad. And now she's a, she's a believer. I've had her on my show. She's like, yeah, I'll tell everybody about this woman because she told me things she couldn't possibly know. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And, and spirit will pull out all the stops to let us know this when, when, when it serves the greater good. Mm-hmm. I have one woman, I was getting next to nothing and I could, feel this woman's grandmother here with me, but just, it was like pulling teeth. And I said, I'm sorry, it's just not flowing. And the woman said, doggone it, this happens every time. I mean, I feel my grandmother around me, but I just can't believe she's here. Yeah. You know, grandma had to hold back because that was this woman's life lesson to open up, to trust and believe. Our beliefs are so important. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good to know. That's that's. I think that's important for all of us. And so, I want to encourage people, as I said, to to stay open, to 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 look for the evidence, um, to look for the signs. Uh, you know, if you if you thinking about getting a medium reading, find find a good medium, find a recommendation. Uh, it can and it can change your life. I've seen it change people's lives. Like the woman who whose son came through and said, "Mom, you don't need those meds anymore." And I said, check with your doctor if you can go off this medication. But she was so transformed by that reading. She went back to work and her colleagues said, what meds are you on? You're so happy all of a sudden. She said, my son is my meds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's it. She found out he's still around and that's what we need to know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Suzanne, I really appreciate you doing this. I know how crazy busy you are. So I appreciate you fitting this in your schedule. Uh, it's always good talking to you. So um, uh, nothing I'd rather do, Brian, than let people know how real this is. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, you have a good weekend. You too. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to make it really easy for you to reach me. So just send me a text to three one nine nine six and simply text the word growth G R O W T H. In fact, you can right now just say, Hey Siri. Send a message to 31996, and when Siri asks you what you want to send, just say growth. You can do the same thing with OK Google. Thanks a lot. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Grief to Growth. Brian hopes that you find this episode helpful 
and we'll come back for future episodes. Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, there are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron. Head over to www.patreon.com slash grief to growth. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash grief, the number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth, visit www.grief2growth.com. Hey there, if you liked this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you liked. If you didn't like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you didn't like. Go to grieftogrowth.com slash community and look for talk about the podcast. I'll see you there.